Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely their fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Try the Superlight Tree Runner with a cushy foam midsole and breathable eucalyptus fiber upper. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. So, what can you do in a Superlight shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. Today we have a revenge story from a funeral director. We'll get into that in a bit, but first, I'm petty and I know it. New roommate situation isn't working out well. I've posted on here before about her expecting me to take food that she's purchased off of rent, even though it's food that I didn't ask her to buy, won't use, and she can essentially eat whatever I cook for free. Feel free to see that post as well. She's been with me since the beginning of November. Her rent for the first two months were paid by a mutual friend of ours because roommate was living in her car and needed an urgent place to stay while the temperatures dipped. I had a bedroom and bathroom she could use to get off the street with the understanding that she'd use that time to find work. She's a CNA, we live in a town with multiple hospitals, nursing homes, doctor's offices, etc. There's work to be found, and start saving money so she could get a place of her own. It was always intended to be a get-back-on-your-feet temporary situation, but now it's feeling like a I'm-going-to-take-advantage-of-your-good-nature situation. To me, getting back on your feet requires you to work more than 10 hours per week, save money, show some general common courtesy to the people you're mooching, I mean, living with, and actively work to get on your feet. Instead, she stopped looking for a new job, has cut her hours at her existing job from 30 a week down to 10, has loud conversations all hours of the night with someone on speakerphone, leaves bras and panties to dry in common areas of the house, and as of today is late paying rent, which by the way is only $250 a month, it's important to note that she requested her hours to be cut at work. She eats groceries that I've intended for specific meals. My utility payments have about doubled, her TV is always on, loudly, she runs multiple small loads of laundry each day instead of one or two larger loads, etc. She flips the heater to 80 degrees every chance she gets, etc. The last draw was today. My inner petty label came out in full force. I went to do a load of laundry and the detergent was empty. I just bought a container of pods last week, so there still should have been plenty available. I don't have a car, so I had to door dash some detergent. I went to start the load and freeloader says, Oh good, you've got some laundry detergent, I've got some clothes to throw in. I looked her dead in the eye and said, Sorry, I've got a bunch to do before I go back to work tomorrow. Looks like I'll be washing blankets, sheets, summer clothes, etc. all day long. I'm the jerk and I know it, but dang, you've gone through a whole container of detergent pods in a week, you're late on rent, and you want to use my brand new detergent? Nope, ain't gonna happen. Why has OP continued to put up with this roommate situation? Is it like a shared lease that they have to put up with? Because that's horrendous. I mean, if they're in any kind of position to kick them out and get a new roommate, why not? If they're in a position where they can complain to a landlord and potentially get a new roommate, why not? Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you guys enjoy awesome stories of revenge, why not hit those like and subscribe buttons down below? That said, our next story is Worms. In second grade, late 70s, I had a teacher who should never have been working with children. For example, she would refuse to allow us to go to the bathroom during class, then would laugh at students when they'd eventually have accidents. When? 
If parents would complain, she'd always swear that kids didn't even have to ask to go to the restroom, so the school never did anything about it. I used to attend speech therapy in school because of a stutter. Speech therapy was considered a special ed class which gave this teacher plenty of ammo to use to humiliate me. She called me the R word, made fun of my stutter, and encouraged my classmates to do the same. I absolutely hated that teacher with every fiber of my being. One late spring week, Mother Nature decided to help me get even. It had been raining non-stop for several days, and the ground was so saturated that all the worms were coming out of the ground to survive. Now, I had a long coat with two huge square pockets that had the opening at the top. On my way to school, I filled both of those pockets with as many worms as I could fit into them without the worms being visible, even put some tissues on top so it looked like I'd stuffed my pockets bulging with tissues. When I got to school, the teacher wasn't in the classroom yet, so I dumped all of those worms onto her desk. I didn't care that the other students saw me do it, because I didn't care if I got into trouble if they told on me. The teacher finally came into the classroom about 10 minutes after the bell rang and didn't even look at her desk right away because she was hanging up her coat and purse. It wasn't until she was finally starting to sit at her desk that she saw all the worms. I guess they really triggered her ick factor and she freaked out. She ran to the opposite side of the room, screaming. When she finally calmed down a bit, she demanded to be told who put all those disgusting creatures on her desk. No one said a word. Every single student was laughing their butts off, but no one would tell her who did it. Eventually, she made us all pick up the worms and go drop them on the playground. We left a couple of clumps by the door, just to make sure she could see them on our way out. She didn't come back to that school the next year. The speech therapy helped me minimize my stutter, by the way. A person like that doesn't even deserve to be a teacher. Like, I get sometimes being a teacher is a thankless job and you work with a lot of kids who act out, especially if your classroom is a little bit older and the kids are a little bit more vindictive or whatnot, but, like, it's part of the job. And especially, you can't treat people like OP like that. You can't take it out on somebody and call somebody an R-word because they have a stutter. Although I'm probably preaching to the choir here, I'm not sure there's many people listening that would be like, oh, that teacher was absolutely right. Our next story is, so you put an expensive tracker on my $400 truck and you want it back? An insurance company has been investigating our shop for supposedly insurance fraud over a car with a bad engine that was replaced with what we and the cops later found out to be a stolen one. A few weeks ago, I noticed a clean spot on my really dirty truck that I never wash and checked it out and found a GPS tracker. I didn't plan on keeping the truck this year and had plans to ship it into Mexico in the spring. I told my friend about the tracker and said he's going to take care of it when he picks the truck up. My friend took the truck into the most cartel-infested place in Sonora and disabled it there. I already had a new truck under someone else's name, so I drove that around to parts stores and dealers. I was leaving a dealer when a clean-cut guy asked if I owned an old truck and told I used to. He then identified himself as a private detective working for the insurance company and was curious about what happened to my old truck. I cracked a joke that sometimes it wanders off at night and usually comes back when it's on a quarter tank, usually six to eight months. He tried to nonchalantly ask me where the truck might physically be, and that's when I told him I had found the tracker. He knew, I knew, and his tone changed asking for it back, like a kid who got his ball bullied away from him. I told him the truck's in Mexico with a written address for it and who to talk to about getting it back. He knew he couldn't call the cops because his butt would get arrested, but tried again to demand his GPS back. I brushed him off and told him he can get it back from Mexico himself. 
That was the last I saw of him. We found another GPS in a different truck at work, so we took it to the desert and blew it up. I'm sure they've been GPSing us thinking we have some kind of insane stolen car parts hoard, but all our stuff comes from dealers and scrapyards. Now, I don't know all the laws and regulations for like private investigators using trackers and whatnot, but like, I was looking through the comments and people are talking about how private investigators often have like exemption laws to do things like this, and it kind of made me get taken aback because it's like, any old insurance company can legally hire a private investigator to just track around some person that they suspect of some kind of fraudulent activity? It just surprises me that some places legally turn a blind eye to what feels like paid vigilanteism. Our next story is I and a group purposely walked in front of someone's camera who was recording in the gym. I'll start this off by saying this was a group effort. Now, I was at my local gym and it was pretty busy. I'd managed to find an empty bench where the dumbbell racks were. Another woman had also set up shop on a bench, but rather than using the bench for its intended purposes, she was using it to hold her things. Instead, she had her camera set up right in front of the rack, like it was propped up against the rack while she lifted weights about four feet in front of the dumbbells. It was really annoying and I was upset because I was in her shot and didn't want to be recorded. I was about to go to the front desk and tell an employee when I see a man walk in front of her camera to put his weights down. The woman got a disgruntled look on her face, stopped lifting, walked over to the camera and I guess she stopped recording and restarted it. She started lifting again when the same man walked in front of the camera and that's when I noticed he purposely went out of his way to walk in front of her camera. She once again stopped lifting to stop the camera, looking even more frustrated. She turned to the man and said, Could you not? You can see I'm recording. To which he responded, Could you not? You can see people are actually trying to work out. After that, she went back to what she was doing, recording, but more people started going out of their way to walk between her and her camera. I joined in too, adding an overly polite, Excuse me, along with a smile when I did so. Finally, she gave up, looking as if she wanted to throw a temper tantrum and stormed out of the gym. Now, if you're in the gym and you see that somebody is obviously filming, and especially in a way where other people in the background are getting caught in the camera, is that not grounds for going up to whatever staff and reporting them? Because, God forbid, if I'm at the gym, the last thing I want to do is get caught in somebody's video in the background just trying to get a workout in. Our next story is how I dealt with pickpocketer at work. On my previous job, we had lockers for our stuff company was running like some education thing with local high schools and every few days they would bring students to observe the work and teachers would conduct exams with the bosses those students would also be required to change in a uniform and wear safety stuff like gloves and such meaning they had access to changing rooms eventually i noticed that some small amount of pocket money went missing from my jacket and those lockers were old and really easy to pry open we knew about that company knew that Incidents happened before, but response was always, we will fix it next month. Then my perfume went missing and my new hat. I lost it then. Next day, I knew students were coming, so I took a few pens and blew ink out and covered a few small bills with the ink and put it inside the jacket pocket. Later that day, sure enough, some 16-year-old jerk is walking around the halls with inky fingers. I then proceeded to make an announcement that my money and stuff was stolen and that I now have the evidence of who it was. I also said that if they quietly come and admit it to me, I won't report it to their teachers. The look of shame was priceless on his face. 
Honestly, I think OP should have embarrassed him, had him come forward, admit it, apologize, and then still report him for it because that's not cool. Embarrass them and then make sure they actually learn the lesson of what went on here. I just feel like somebody who's already at that level of wanting to steal stuff from somebody else's locker, it's going to be like a slap on the wrist for them, allowing them to get away with just apologizing. They'll just probably press their luck somewhere else. Our next story is, Dad cheated on my mom and refused to leave the family home. A few years back, my dad had an affair with my mom's distant family member. When we found out, he became defensive and refused to apologize or leave the family home. I've never seen my mom so broken before. She did everything for my father. Cleaned, cooked, taxes, phone calls, everything. She was practically his assistant. He was very dependent on my mom. The man literally doesn't even go food shopping or drive anywhere but to work alone. I wanted some sort of revenge, but I'm far from a confrontational person, and my mom just wanted us away from the whole thing. So, after asking him to leave the house to give my mom space, to which he refused, I took out all the light bulbs in every room of the house. We packed our bags that day while he was at work and moved in with my grandparents. From what my cousin has told me, he still hasn't replaced all the light bulbs and it's been years on. Cheat on my mom, I will steal your light bulbs. Well hey, considering he hasn't replaced all his light bulbs yet, OP might have done them a favor and took out a bunch of old incandescents that lasted forever. By the time he finally does replace those light bulbs, they'll probably be a lot more energy efficient than they were back then. Our next story is, neighbor got angry when I didn't plow her driveway. It's been snowing here for the past two days in Chicago and a lot of snow fell, almost 12 inches in two days in my area. I was plowing my driveway two days ago and decided to plow the neighbor's driveway next door and the neighbor across the street since I didn't go to work and I saw they weren't home. The neighbor across the street saw me plowing so they came over after work and thanked me, but I didn't hear from the neighbor next door. Overnight, another six inches fell so I plowed my driveway, but none of the neighbors because I had to go to work. I look at my Facebook and see that my neighbor next door posted that I plowed her driveway the first day and not the second day. She wrote, He plowed my driveway yesterday but not today, SMH. Some people be super lazy. I came home and was talking to another neighbor who saw the post and he told me she was home all day the first day and she didn't even come out to thank me but instead chose to write a hateful message about me on Facebook. Her driveway is very long and it took me almost triple the time to do hers compared to mine. I would have plowed it when I got home but not after her writing that post to which half my neighbors saw. How can people be so rude and inconsiderate? Now I regret even plowing her driveway in the first place. Since then, another three inches fell and her driveway has about nine inches of unplowed snow, which will turn into ice tomorrow. She's asked other neighbors to plow it for her, but all of them refused due to the Facebook post. Have fun driving on ice for the next few weeks. Wasn't enough revenge as some of you hoped, but it's enough for me. How are you going to go and ruin all of that goodwill? Somebody did something so nice for you randomly one day, they didn't just magically do it again and you get all in a fit because of it? If they really wanted this done, how about go over there and say thank you so much for doing it that first day. If it's possible, could you do it again? I was incredibly appreciative. Maybe you'd actually have a plowed driveway in that situation. Our next story is, had some fun with a deviant art scammer. So I've been getting the same copy-paste message from scammers on my DeviantArt account about they just love my art, want to use me as a muse for some artwork for their client, and of course I'll be paid. Yeah, right. I usually just ignore them, but today I decided to yank their chain. So I replied, why can't you use your own artwork? Are you that bad of an artist? 
Well, that got their attention. Scammer replied back, What's that comment about? I'm reporting you to the authorities. That is unacceptable. Then blocked me. Not going to lie, every time I see the name DeviantArt pop up, I get like a whiplash from like 15 years ago. For me, DeviantArt is like perpetually stuck in like 2009. This next story is walking a line. I once worked as an assistant manager in what used to be a dollar store. Manager hired a young girl, 17, who immediately told us about how her mom attempted to sue everyone, including the girl's former employer. This set up a bad situation in which she got away with calling off all the time, passively working so slow she was a burden to everyone else because the company did not want to be sued. It sucked. Manager hired someone else and reduced the girl's hours significantly. Predictably, she quit. We were reminded that we could only confirm dates of employment when someone asked for a reference because the company could be sued if a bad reference kept someone from being employed. Sure enough, someone called for a reference and I was the one who answered the call. When I informed them that I could only confirm dates of employment, they expressed some frustration because no one would tell them anything about this girl. I understood her frustration, but knew from experience that if someone refused to say anything more than confirming employment dates, it was as good as a bad reference. It occurred to me that I could not say anything about the girl, but I could talk about myself. I told the lady that if the girl were hired back, I would quit. She thanked me for giving her something to go with. We received calls from other potential employers who expressed the same frustration. My fellow assistant managers took a page from my book and gave similar answers. I'm pretty sure she either gave up on getting a job because we eventually stopped getting calls and she never tried to sue the company. I mean, maybe she somehow managed to catch on and stopped using this place as a reference. I mean, maybe that would go a ways. I definitely suppose it depends on where you're at. Some places do have like regulations and laws about what you can and can't say if somebody's calling for a reference. I find it really odd that there's places that say like you just literally can't talk bad about somebody in a reference. I mean, what about like if you toe the line and you just say like, I personally cannot give a positive reference without any elaboration. I guess that's still like negative. I don't know. Our next story is I ask my ex for documents every time she buys cigarettes. Some context, my ex broke up with me the worst way possible. I will say that I am mentally a little broken with BPD and PTSD, childhood trauma, not a vet, so I understand if I'm too much to handle at times, even after taking meds and seeking professional help. I don't blame her for ending it, but the way she did it is messed up in my eyes. Break up, for three months or more she had planned it, telling my family and friends that everything is great. I was feeling something might be off, but in my delusion, I had no idea what was about to come. She lived off of my paycheck, putting everything she had into her plans on getting her own place. It also explains why last months of us being together, we were grasping at straws to make it through each month. One day, she tells me if I can make plans, as she has friends coming over and would like to be in their own group. I had a one bedroom and a small kitchen apartment, so it's understandable, and I made plans with a friend. My day was going great until I got a call that she's leaving me and has all her things packed up. I was speechless. When I got home, she was coming with some of my stuff as well. She did offer to return them, but in my delirium and stress from the situation, I didn't want to see her, so I told her to keep it all. Present day, now I'm engaged to an amazing person from whom I've learned that in my previous relationship, I was also used and manipulated quite a lot. I had to change jobs and sadly take a convenience store job as the work market in my country is screwed. 
It pays the bills at least, so I'm fine. Actually, considering I'm earning less and living better, I also understand that there was not a shared wallet, but our money and hers, my ex's, as I'm better off now even though I'm earning less. Back to the job. She works right next to us and comes here to buy snacks and cigarettes. I know she's old enough to buy them and even looks old enough for me to not have to check, but because I'm allowed by the law to check, I do it every time. And some of my coworkers from hearing my story do it as well now. Is it unnecessary? Of course. Is it petty? Very much so. Tell me Reddit, maybe it's a little more than just petty, but I don't think so. I mean, I would just say I think OP's being lawful. Aren't you technically supposed to ask everybody but you just don't on some people because they obviously seem old enough? In fact, reading this post, I remember when I was starting to hit like 13, 14 is when I learned about you only have to be 18 to buy cigarettes and finding that weird. It's no surprise that nowadays most places in the US are changing it to 21 and especially with the prevalence of vapes nowadays. It isn't surprising because it went from cigarettes are almost getting completely phased out, hardly anyone smoking, all of a sudden to so many people are vaping, especially ones with nicotine. This next story is Christmas Petty Revenge on Narcissistic Mom. My narcissist mother is the type who can never be pleased. No matter how much you pamper or spoil her on a holiday, it's never good enough. So, to ensure that she got what she wanted for Christmas, she would buy stuff for herself and wrap it up as to mom from Santa. One year, she changed it up a bit. She bought herself gifts and instead of making them from Santa, she wrote the tags as if the gifts had come from family members. Didn't tell us though. But when I saw unfamiliar packages marked to mom from OP, I knew exactly what she was up to. For each and every one of her gifts to herself, she would open the gift and really play it up. Oh, OP, thank you so much for the item. I love it. To which I would reply, there must have been some mistake in the wrapping. I don't recognize that item. I got something different from you. She later reamed me a new one for embarrassing her in front of everyone, but it was worth it to call her out on her narc BS just a little bit. I mean, if she was doing this just for like appearances, maybe you could tell the person beforehand and be like, hey, I'm just saying this to try to save face. I just want to have this gift for myself. Can you play along? Maybe that would be cool, but expecting somebody to just blindly play along? Yeah, right. Our next story is Petty Revenge. I, female 36, am a funeral director. This story is about a fellow industry professional and only mentions deceased people in passing and with no details. Some context about what brought us to this event. About 15 years ago, J.A., male, 70, a fellow funeral director, retired from the funeral home I work at. I've only known him for a handful of years, but I've been told that his charming personality is a long-standing thing. He knows everything, he's condescending, and he's massively entitled. I'm not entirely certain why my bosses tolerate him, but I think it has to do with family business dynamics and small-town politics. J.A. is not related to my bosses, but he worked with the previous generation until retirement, and thus has a long association with the family I work for. I've had to have words with J.A. before about his conduct in the funeral home. He's not around terribly often, but when he is, he treats the place like he still works there and acts all upset with me when I refuse to accommodate him unless it doesn't inconvenience me in the course of my work. Let me give you my two favorite examples. A Saturday morning, and I'm called to attend the death at a private residence. The deceased was a very large person, upstairs in bed, and we were in the middle of a heat wave. I tell you this so you have an inkling of how sweaty, tired, and sore I was when my colleague and I got the decedent back to the funeral home. 
We were in the middle of removing the stretcher from the van when the garage door opens. Behold, J.A. winning the worst timing awards. He wants to wash his midlife crisis car in our garage because we have all the detailing equipment and supplies. My colleague and I pause what we're doing and I explain, though I shouldn't have to, that it's not a great time. J.A. stands there, mere feet away from me, and I'm standing next to the deceased who is on the stretcher, which is halfway out of the van and being held onto by my colleague, and the man literally asks me, why? Like he can't see we're in the middle of a transfer and it's not easy. He knows this job, he did it once upon a time too. His cheek ticked me off so I replied, because I said so, and we went back to what we were doing. He stood there and silently watched us for a while before he just walked away and left the garage door open. Next up, someone in J.A.'s circle passed away and he was the executor of the estate, so he made the funeral arrangements. My genuine condolences to the man for losing someone he cares about, but he's still a jerk and he acted like a butt during the funeral to several people for no good reason. He told someone to their face that the flower arrangement they sent was ugly. I heard it because I was chatting with the person behind them. After the funeral, J.A. schedules a meeting with one of my bosses to go over the notifications we do, government, IDs, pensions, banks, life insurances, etc. I was downstairs dressing a decedent when J.A. arrived. He waltzed right into the room I was in, bringing three members of the public with him, while I have a half-dressed person on a table in front of me. For context, the ID room is off the garage and has two doors, one from inside the home and one from the garage. Thankfully, the three others turned away immediately and I had a sheet I could throw over the person, but J.A. acted like it wasn't a big deal at all. It's a very big deal. We have pin padlocks on certain doors for a reason, including the one he entered from. I was irritated with him, so I called him on bringing public through private rooms without checking first. He tried to put it on me that I should have been doing that task in the prep room where no one would be walking through. But since he doesn't work with us anymore, he didn't know that we were slammed with calls and that I didn't have space in the prep room. Instead of explaining that, I simply asked him, Which one of us actually works here, J.A.? He gave me a dirty look and left with his people in a huff, but he still took them through the room first. Which brings us to our most recent butting of heads and my petty revenge. Yesterday was the last straw for me. It snowed most of the day and I was running in all directions with my staff. We were keeping on top of snow removal and salting whilst simultaneously running a very busy visitation. I went through almost 200 cards and 4 hours of visiting, which includes keeping fresh coffee, tea, pop, and water available to all the guests, cleaning up the dishes they create, bathrooms, coats, and just generally assisting them. It's a very hands-on job with a lot of social interaction. During all of this, my assistant, who is new and doesn't know J.A. yet, comes to me in a panic and says J.A. parked in front of one of the garage bays and wouldn't move his car when asked. His verbatim response when asked was, No, that's all right there. Twas the straw that broke the camel's back, folks. I went off to find J.A. and demanded his keys. He asked me why, and I told him, You know why. He gave me that freaking smirk of his and gave me his keys. We move cars for guests all the time, so he probably expected me to park it along the hedge or, at most, on the street behind the funeral home. I cannot even begin to describe the absolute pure, petty satisfaction I felt as I drove his car across town and parked it in his freaking driveway. I debated parking it at the grocery store farther away, but I was worried it would be considered theft or mischief. And yes, I know where he lives, small town. 
I had my assistant follow me there in the van that J.A. had blocked in with his car. When I handed J.A. his car keys, I'm pretty sure I grinned like an idiot. He should have been suspicious. I told my bosses right away, just in case they disagreed and made me go back and get it, but I've never seen my boss laugh that hard. He put his head down and made a hee-hee sound I have never heard out of him before. The other laughed but said, Now one of us is going to have to take him home. I shrugged because I knew it definitely wouldn't be me. J.A. did come find me an hour or so later with a red face that told me he'd been outside in the cold looking for it. I hope he walked the full block before he realized it wasn't on a street nearby. He demanded to know what I'd done with his car, and I told him exactly where it was with a huge smile. I wish I could say he looked stunned, but I think by that point he knew I'd done something with it. He gave me a dirty look and then turned and walked away from me without saying a word. I don't know who drove him home, but it wasn't me, and it wasn't my boss's either. I wonder if he'll listen the next time when he's told not to park in front of the garage doors. I'll tell you what, if he does park in front of the garage doors, not gonna give OP his keys. Maybe he was too old to learn anything about how this company's now functioning, but not too old to figure out how to call an Uber, maybe? Either that or he found another employee there and begged them or something. What else is there in this day and age? Do you got public transit somewhere? But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another awesome revenge story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.